Hook 'em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Good call, Ty. The fabulous fifth hour. Bob Schneider will be the Longhorn City Limits talent and performer on Friday afternoon, two o'clock, uh, on the LCL stage, part of the final Bebo Boulevard of the year. Rod and I will be over at uh, Mockingbird Saloon with That's our right. pregame show starting at four o'clock. So. You and I can get over and see some Bob Schneider and then make our way to the Mockingbird. That'd be a good be way to enjoy a Friday. So, yeah, make your plans. Final tailgate, second night game only of the year at home. All the other games have been middle of the day or earlier. Uh, this is a – last one was Wyoming, if you remember, and that's where they did the big uh, zone, the uh, drone show and all the light show and LEDs that became – I mean, we went viral, and now this will be the last time it will be senior night. And I want to say that that, sh- that light show started – right before the fourth quarter and right before Texas went on their run. Remember, there was a 10-10 game going into the fourth quarter. Longhorn fans are all frustrated, upset, right, and paranoid about potentially losing to Wyoming. And then at the start of the, that, that uh, fourth quarter, and I want to say right after the light show and everything transpired, because I remember the, the scene of Quinn Ewers right after that, he's like talking to the, to the group, talking to the offense on the sideline. I want to see the play after that. Xavier Worthy scores a touchdown. It was it was it was like that little. It was a it, honestly. This is when the coach, Coach Bowles, from that play says Xavier Worthy is the fastest human being I've ever seen on the football field. Because it was that play. It was a screen pass he took to the house. It was the first play of the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. It was right after the light show. And that's when uh, Craig Bowles what? says that's the fastest human being I've ever seen on the football field. Because he basically just dodged one or two Wyoming defenders and went to the house. And you wonder if Wyoming, who played good defense at that point, got caught up in the lights. You're like, oh, man. This is- <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is pretty cool, dude. <laughs> Overstimulated. Oh, <see> ya. <laughs> no, it was. I swear it was like the next it was. play. It was. Yeah, there was still smoke on the field like because of the light show yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. out there. Yeah, and t- the crowd was going crazy. I was going crazy. And then to throw a touchdown right on top of it. Right on top of it. Oh, Quinn was just giving like the little hype speech probably, to the team. Probably the loudest moment in that stadium this year. Except for, you're, you know, you're probably right. Cause, maybe, yeah. the, maybe the K-State game with the fourth down stop in overtime. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that was it because think about that. That crowd was ready to erupt. They hadn't had a moment like that all, all game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd been frustrated the whole game. Like, are you kidding me? Are we in a 10-10 time with Wyoming after beating Alabama? <laughs> Never been a 10-10 time Wyoming in the fourth quarter. And then, boom. It just exploded. And I want to say after that, 21 points. And they beat them 31 to 10, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they went 21. Bert, spurt, 21. That, yeah. This team still has that in them, too. The, tw- the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the spurt ability. The spectacular spurt. You know, saw it early <laughs> against K-State. And then it had to hold on. Same with Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the Iowa State game, if they hadn't had a couple of penalties called t- – touchdowns called back. They would have had it in that game, too. They would have had a spurt. You're I mean, right. they, they, they find that gear and then, and then you know, kind of cruise. Uh, this says Schneider 430. Not sure you got two. Oh, well, Nick, Nick Shuley in his set, set list said two. So 430. Sorry about that. 430? Okay. Four, I thought that sounded early. but uh, Too early for Schneider? Yeah, the game's not till 630. So 430 for yeah, Schneider and then, you and walk then an right hour, of, hour of music and then walk into the stadium. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Oh, real quick, uh, sidebar here. Did you hear this Wimby story? Victor Wimbanyama, I have not. Okay. So they do these uh, Sotheby's, that's the – the auctions and they do they did an auction for his rookie um his rookie jersey like the sure. first time he uh the first jersey that he wore for his uh debut his rookie debut jersey was expected to be auctioned off for eight between 80 to 120k perfectly reasonable a lot of money but still reasonable you know it went for seven hundred and sixty two thousand dollars damn it was supposed to go for 80 to 120k it went for seven hundred and sixty two thousand dollars 
hey, they're, uh, they're <laughs> thinking he's going to be the next. But look, would if you, he is the next LeBron, that's, yeah, you're getting all pretty cheap. If you were LeBron James or Michael Jordan, would you would you buy that jersey for $700,000 when he's a rookie? Yeah. Probably. No, you're right. It'd be worth it. I guess that's what they're thinking. It'll come off on the cheap because it's going to be if he's if he comes anywhere close to achieving what people expect of him, that jersey's going to be worth five times that easily. Probably maybe even more if he if he ends up becoming the next LeBron James, which LeBron James. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So he that is obviously the uh, the largest bid for a debut rookie jersey in NBA history. He surpassed LeBron James's. That's incredible. That's it is incredible. incredible. Appreciate all the text on uh, grocery store etiquette. That was fun. We, you know, people saying uh, it's always a person of girth blocking the aisle at the HEB too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you come on? I, I'm not making fun of your girth, but hey, it's making it tougher for all of us. All right. It says, I love the people leave their carts right in the middle of the aisle and then walk around up and down the aisle looking for stuff. <laughs> I will go, but I've done that before. It's typically when it's not. Because I, I have the good fortune, you do now too, Rod, that we can go to the grocery store kind of off hours. Mm-hmm. Like, when oh, the, yeah. like when the show's over at 11, if love I need it. to go do some grocery shopping. Love it. Like things I don't do on the weekends, like most, most of you have to do, mm-hmm. who have day jobs and work all day, uh, get my car washed. Go to yeah. the grocery store. I can do those things on a Monday, Tuesday. So and avoid traffic. And yes, stuff. yes, yes, nice. yes. Very nice. fortunate for yep. us that we can do those things. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, today is not the day to do any of that stuff. Because uh, it's amazing. This, this, we, we, it's like on a Saturday when the weather's really nice and it's busy that you realize just how crowded this city is because everyone's trying to get everywhere. And it's remember the, remember the day of yeah, – uh, everybody's off. Nobody's – everybody has yeah, to be every, work. Every, so everybody's like off. Everybody's and off. Man. Oh, man. And then the weather's good, so you want to get out. Beautiful. I can't yeah. What was the game we had to get down to Mockingbird Saloon and the traffic was so bad? Oh, It was like yes. a Saturday. We were both late. <laughs> it was. I forgot what that was. It was something going on, like concerts or something. I think ACL Fest was in town, It was too. ACL. Something was weird. Something was, was happening. It was like a combination of different things, man. Oh, my gosh. It's like we, Traffic Mageddon. Oh. And that's what happens at all sometimes. You have like four or five events happening at one time. It's like, oh, Traffic Mageddon happening. I went and we had to get to the Mockingbird Saloon, and I left myself what I thought was plenty of time. No. No, you just <laughs> no. never know. And cause we're rookies dealing with traffic because you've done a morning show most of your yeah, career. Yeah. So you haven't had to deal with morning traffic, and you're smart enough not to go out doing 5 no, o'clock no, traffic no, for doing anything. No. And I was, I was always working during the 5 o'clock traffic stretch or the late uh, afternoon traffic stretch or evening traffic stretch. So I never had to deal with that, and there's no way I was going out in the mornings uh, to d- get in that traffic unless I absolutely had to, which every now and then I had to. So we've been lucky to avoid oh, road rage and – traffic and accidental racism and all that kind of stuff. We didn't have to deal with I that. I still find a little, but, uh, yeah, it's getting very crowded in this city. We know that. The growth is extreme hey. and construction everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about, I mean, this is completely the fabulous fifth hour on the last day of the week. Ah, but go for we, it. We uh, driving out to last week's watch party at uh, the uh, field house at the crossover, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, out there in Cedar Park. There's construction the entire way. It's For me, I live in Onion Creek where we're doing our show today. Mm-hmm. So there's an entire nine-mile stretch of 35 from Buda to, you know, into, into town that the construction is all over 35 as they're wide and they're in that nine-year project it's, or whatever it is. I know, 35 has always been worked That's on. under construction. All the time, man. And then you get to uh, to Mopac, and then you get off to 183 all the way up to HEB, I mean, mm-hmm. to Cedar Park. 
Construction. The whole place. Everywhere you go. Construction. It's amazing. Well, because this, this – We understand it. But yeah, it has about to, time. Yeah, and by the time that construction's done – They'll the start city, again. Yeah, because the city will have grown twice the size as it was before prior to these, the uh, projections from that construction. So, yeah, the city's going to always be behind now because they essentially – they battled against progress for so long and didn't want to admit that the city was growing in exponential Don't rate. build it and they won't come. Yeah, no, exactly. No, that was uh, – <laughs> Not that true. Was, that was foolhardy. People still you didn't build it, and they're here. They're here. Thank you very much. Fun. It, yeah. Fun so, on the weekend. It's all right. Uh, hey, man, we like, that's why we like Austin. That's, that's hey, also why. I'm not moving. That's, exactly. And that's why the commerce in the city is so good and the economy is so good, too, because it's so damn crowded. Yeah. A lot of good jobs, a lot of good people, a lot of good businesses. Everybody wants to move here, man. Everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. It is. Well, it is a good times. Okay, so we've got a uh, lot going on. Busy Wednesday to uh, get your final things done and all your chores, your deadlines, got to get those done. And then uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday weekend, which is coming your way uh, tomorrow. We've got three games of football, the Turkey Day triple header. We've got the Longhorns in the college football playoff. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't want to say right where they want to be, but I still think they're in a good spot if a couple things fall their way. Uh, but it is fair to say that Rob, the Longhorns don't control their destiny as far as that no. goes. They, they have to win their games and then find He's some help. Yeah, they need they have a path, but it is not it is a narrow path. It's not a wide open path for them. They need a, some things to go. Well, they need chaos. So it's just going to happen in front of them, and chaos would mean you know basically whatever happens that's chalk. We want to go against chalk. Chalk is bad for Texas. So you would like somebody upsetting the apple cart. You want Bama beating Georgia. You'd like Oregon State to beat Oregon. Oregon then to beat Washington. Chaos helps you. And so I think that's what Texas has to uh, – that's what they have to count on right now. Yeah. But, but when I say they're in a pretty good spot, they only need one, uh, really. Yeah, you're right. Just they one. only need one. Uh, because, I, you know, if you lay it out, one plays eight, and that's going to be Alabama and Georgia in two weeks or ten days. They'll play the SEC championship game. Uh, I think whoever loses that game falls behind Texas if Texas wins out. Unless it's an upset, Bama beating Georgia, then – Well, I, I, still th- I still think the loser ends up behind Texas, so big you, picture. Okay, okay. Even Georgia? Uh, yep, and, and same with two and three. Two and three will play Saturday in Ann Arbor, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, loser falls behind Texas in the rankings. Four plays six. That's Oregon and Washington, right? Uh, they'll mm-hmm. play in the Pac-12 championship in two weeks. Now, Oregon has to deal with Oregon State, and they've got to, you know, Washington's got to deal with Washington State in the rivalry game this weekend. But they're going to play, and I think the loser falls behind Texas. Uh, and then in the ACC, you've got number five against number 10, and that's Louisville playing uh, Florida State. And, again, the loser will be behind Texas. A uh, problem will be if the higher-seeded teams all win. All win. That's chalk. That's chalk. And that's bad. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Texas, they need one of those underdogs to win. That's what they need. That's one, though. Just one. Yeah, you're right. Just and one. That's, and the likelihood of that happening is pretty high. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> you got a one-in-four chance. Uh, we're in a, in a you know tight sport where rivalry games are being played, where mm-hmm. championship games are being played, a lot on the line. Because uh, yes, if Georgia wins, they'll be in. If uh, Michigan wins out at home, they're going to be in. And then you know, Oregon, Washington will sort itself out in the Pac-12, and that comes down to that a- that ACC thing. And that that's again, I think it's the most likely with when you're going with a backup quarterback. The Longhorns found that out when you go with Malik Murphy. You're going with a quarterback just hadn't played. Look, look not only is is a road well, he's maker, played. He started a couple of games last year. Last year, yeah. Yeah, he's, he played last yeah, year. Yeah, Malik Murphy hadn't played at all. Hadn't played at all, yeah. So he was figuring things out. Roadmaker. Yeah, he's. I mean, and he's. He's more of a running quarterback than a, a passer. I mean, Jordan could do everything. I mean, he was basically a one man show out there. You know, he, he's easier to game plan for because he's not as skilled of a passer from the pocket. 
the, the backup quarterback for Florida State. Well, well he's and, got and, some experience and, under his belt. And for, for Malik, he got to start two games here playing his own. The, the game for Louisville will be – I mean, Louisville, that will be a neutral site game, and that will be – you know, a lot of pressure there for a yeah. young quarterback, and Louisville's playing some pretty good football with Jeff Brom. That's one to watch. And uh, uh, But you do need some chaos. It's not total chaos for Texas to find their way if they handle their business the next two weeks, and that's where the Longhorns sit. Uh, Rod, you had some thoughts on a rant on Dak Prescott, I believe, that you wanted to, to run through uh, here before yeah, we get the burn orange curtain. Yeah, we can um, get into a little rant if you'd like to. Hit me up, Ty. Hit it. We surprised him. This is not uh, normally the rant spot, but we, we'll get into it. Sorry, oh, having, my having, having some lagging issues. I think it's ready to go now, though. Hit it. And that was like, I mean, is yeah. it goes both ways, I guess? Yeah, a thousand percent it goes oh. both ways. I mean, I guess that was the, the first instance oh, of Ty, it. Oh, Ty, sorry. Or, uh, I thought you were hitting around today. You can cut that out, Ty. I got to explain that. It can't just play a cut and not play, explain it. That's bad radio. Uh, okay. <laughs> Did I play the wrong uh, forget one? The, no, 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 you didn't. I thought we were going to play the rant of the day, like the open. Oh, screw my that. Bad, no, 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 yeah. forget it. Yeah, we threw a curveball. Yeah, yeah. Curveball no, no. from, from – Yeah, yeah, no worries. Let's just – I'll just get to this. It's a story. So, okay, so Dak Prescott, for those who have not been keeping up, um, recently uh, Dak Prescott's been asked about how he's dealing with the criticism from the fans, right, because – Fans were really critical of Dak to start the season, and now he's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. As a matter of fact, Pro Football Focus has him graded as the top quarterback uh, in the NFL this year by Pro Football Focus grade. So he's playing at a really high level right now. Um, but Dak, <laughs> at, at one point in his you know, youth, all right, as a teenager, actually when he was at Mississippi State, there have now been some tweets <laughs> all right, that have been found that have surfaced of a young Dak Prescott, and I'm assuming young Dak Prescott was a Dallas Cowboys fan, being um, very critical of one Tony Romo. Dak Prescott's tweet from uh, 2012 <laughs> says, I'm done, done in all caps, taking up for Romo. Hashtag had enough. <laughs> uh, and, and when Prescott is asked about on the thread of this tweet from 2012, asked about to justify his comments, he says, uh, no, um, he doesn't finish, and none of those interceptions were because of the O-line. Hashtag no excuses, Romo. Dak Prescott went on uh, <laughs> talking with someone on, on Twitter, um, and he said, nah, Jancy, you're supposed to throw it over the guy's head. That was the most embarrassing one of the interceptions all for me. Um, he said, hashtag stop taking up for him. Talking about Tony Romo. So Dak has recently been asked about, and this is and play the longer cut here, Ty. We won't even play the short because I believe the shorter one is from 2016 when Dak first uh, became a Dallas Cowboy. Let's play the longer one because this is the most recent one. He's asked about that tweet, but also asked about the comments that he's got to deal with from Cowboys fans now that he is the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's getting the smoke and the criticism from the Cowboys fan and Cowboys faithful. Here it is. And that was like, I mean, is yeah. it goes both ways, I guess? Yeah, a thousand percent it goes both ways. I mean, I guess that was the, the first instance of it. Or, uh, yeah, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe when I was drafted, a tweet was pulled up from years before. Uh, and, uh, oh, what was that? Yeah. You know, that's why I say I understand fans. I get, I get when fans are upset. I get it. I was once there, you know. It's been a, it's been a while. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just all of those things, different reminders, I guess you can say, throughout each year. And, and to your point, yeah, some good, obviously other, some bad, but um, just makes you – 
realize it and honestly don't take it for granted. I'm, I'm thankful for it. I just to be in this position, as I said over and over, more good than bad, especially the way that I look at it, having this platform, being able to share my story, inspire others, um, that there's going to be bad with it when you have to reach that this position and this team does. Do you remind easier? yourself of that tweet sometimes when you look at some of the things said about you and go, okay, yeah, I got to sure. let this go because <laughs> I, I was one of those people that would have done this. Yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, to say I got to let it go, I never hold on to it to begin with, you know what I mean? Uh, I laugh at it uh, because I know, understand, I understand it's an angry fan and at the moment, you know what I mean? And a lot of times maybe just at the moment and, and didn't get the result that they wanted, but at the end of the day, nobody wants those results more than me and more than the men in this room. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, but then there's other cases that, you know, aren't compar comparable to the, to the tweet that I had and those are times you got to remember, hell, he must have had his, his, his whole rent on that one, you know what I mean? Like, so once again, once again, you know, I give him grace and, and I understand and say stop gambling. So. All right, that's Dak having a little fun with the video. They're bringing up his old tweet. And this is the strange thing about Dak criticizing Romo and the irony, the Shakespearean irony of the whole thing. And now it's come full circle, right? Life comes at you fast. Is that Dak and Romo, their paths are very similar. And they're essentially almost becoming the same type of player. Statistics um, and a lot of accolades, but not the wins, right? Not the wins that you want in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, I always give this stat as to how Tony Romo and Dak Prescott are in inevitably linked, all right, uh, and inex inexplicably linked. If you go look at the Dallas Cowboys and their lack of success in the postseason, and you obviously look at Dak Prescott and Tony Romo because they're, they've been the last two kind of franchise quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are 0-7, all right? The Cowboys are 0-7 since their last Lombardi trophy in the, in, in the divisional round, all right? Three of those losses, have, including last season's uh, loss, came against the 49ers. But you go look at this stat about the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. Those two quarterbacks are Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. The, the Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional games and never win one. Dak, you are becoming Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo and Dak Prescott are very similar in their past and their trajectory, unfortunately, for Cowboys fans. Because both Tony Romo and Dak Prescott keep banging their head up against that brick wall that is the division round, and they can't get past it. And that's why I think it's pretty, you know, it, it, it's ironic, all right, and it's eerie that Dak Prescott is here where he is now because he's in a very similar situation. Now, aside from the injuries, by the way, he's been dealing with more injuries lately, but he's in a very similar place to where Tony Romo was. And I was homosexual, so I love me some Tony Romo. A lot of you out there are Romophobes. I love me some Romo. Um, Romo was a miracle. He actually was a miracle because he he's one of the only franchise quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to be an undrafted free agent. And Dak Prescott, similarly, he wasn't supposed to be the franchise quarterback for the Cowboys. He was Viagra. He was a happy accident. They didn't know he was going to be the franchise quarterback. They thought that was Romo. He got hurt. They thought Kellen Moore would be the backup. He got hurt. And then let's put this kid Dak in there and see what works out. Remember, they wanted Connor Cook and Paxton Lynch. 
<laughs> that they went at Johnny Manziel. They could have gone all types of wrong for the Cowboys at the quarterback position. You can argue they're the luckiest team in the NFL when it comes to quarterback because they drafted the fewest quarterbacks since 1999 and yet have ended up with franchise quarterbacks who are undrafted and who are fourth-round picks. Teams just don't usually have that kind of luck. But I just I like I like the way it's working out because the Romo the Romophobes out there and the Dak heads out there the people who don't like Dak and I'm a I like Dak I'm a Dak fan I'm a Romosexual too. I find it interesting that Cowboys fans dislike them for the same reasons because they never expected either one of those guys to be the franchise quarterback. They were never the prince that was promised. It was never supposed to be Romo. It was supposed to be Drew Bledsoe. All these other quarterbacks you were bringing in ended up being this kid Romo. And then Cowboys fans, they always had this feeling, because Chris Rock talks about this. He talks about it with relationships and marriages. And he says, if your wife is unhappy all the time, you can't figure out why she's, why she's so unhappy and why she's so angry all the time. He said, there's a simple reason. You're not her first choice. And she settled on you, and she's upset about it and mad with herself the entire time. I don't dig deep into that. I'm not talking about child and your marriage. But what I'm saying is, that's Cowboys fans when it comes to their quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. They're, they believe they settled on Romo and Dak Prescott, and they, they, they basically they never wanted them to be franchise quarterbacks. They just ended up being franchise quarterbacks for them. And just like Chris Rock said, you, you know, you're, you're, you weren't her first choice. Dak Prescott and Romo was not the first choice for Cowboys fans. Ended up being good quarterbacks for them, but I think that ultimately goes to the root and the genesis of their vitriol for Romo and for Dak Prescott. Well, I'd also say it goes above them. It goes to the general manager and the owner, who have been consistent with with choosing them because I as, as a Cowboys or observer I would say Cowboys fans would wish that at times the owner who's the general manager didn't love those guys so much because look when you say they weren't not the prince you were promised well they remember Troy Aikman mm-hmm. because you drafted Troy Aikman first overall exactly. and he was a prince mm-hmm. and he that led you promised. to three Super Bowls <laughs> exactly. right and you haven't had it you haven't drafted a quarterback that high since. Since you let Jimmy Johnson go, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson drafted two quarterbacks. Yes, he did because he got one <laughs> supplemental Steve, Steve draft, Walsh. right? Yeah, Steve Walsh uh, yeah, and yeah. Troy Aikman let him play play it out because he was smart. He's like, I need a quarterback. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the fans know that. And mm-hmm. you know, I think the fans would consider it that, that you settled on Dak. You said we didn't settle on him. You're mm-hmm. giving him us. That's our that's our quarterback because that's my team. You're the one settling on these quarterbacks. Yeah, do and you, I think that's why they're upset. Yeah, do yeah. All not they're basically think. like what Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett treats Will Smith the same way because she wanted Pac and she ended up with Will Smith. Sorry, go ahead, Todd. Do y'all not think that uh, Tony Romo had a lot less to work with than Dak Prescott? Oh, hundred percent. Career, hundred percent. I think Tony Romo is far and away a better quarterback. There were a couple of teams Romo had that were. Yeah, there were a couple of teams that. Twenty fourteen, man. Yeah, that was a really good team, but but there were some. Was loaded. Dak never played on the teams. Some of the teams that Romo played on, they were so bad. Dak never had to carry a really, really bad team, except for the year he got hurt. No, but you know, Romo ended up with some some weapons, man. Yeah, Jason Witten had a Hall of Fame. Ended end. up with. I'm talking about, but he played 12 years. There were about five or six years in there where he had a really bad team. Oh, I agree. But Tony Romo didn't help him. He was fragile. They they had to build not up the early. offensive line around him late in his career because he couldn't stay healthy. But not that's early why they in his built career. Their, built the old line around him. Yeah. Well, early in his career, that's the Cowboys. They were inept as a franchise. They didn't even know he was going to be. Guys, he was an undrafted free agent. They didn't know he was going to be the I franchise quarterback. That. I understand it. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that is. You're talking he, about building around a guy who's an undrafted free agent. Is that wise? Yo, but Romo and Tony Jason <laughs> wouldn't carry that franchise for several I, years before they put good players they were around. They didn't know like Romo Bobby was going to be a miracle first. And guys like Felix yeah, Jones and terrible draft picks. And all I'm saying is, around. in comparison, Romo. <laughs> carried that team. Dak has never been on an awful roster. 
No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, they didn't – you guys kind of missed the point. There's a reason undrafted free agents don't become franchise quarterbacks. Oh, I get that. Because teams don't ever project them to be that. Kurt Warner was that a special circumstance. Warren Moon was that special circumstances. So they, the Cowboys were late to build around Romo because they didn't trust that he was going to be the guy. Sure. Why would you trust an undrafted free agent is going to be, be a franchise quarterback when it's never happened in NFL history? You know what I mean? Like that's so that's why they were late to do it, guys. Because that if you if you if you said oh they should have done it earlier, you would be asking them to build their franchise around an undrafted free agent quarterback when all of history in the NFL tells them that's stupid. So that's why I actually argue for the Cowboys. I understand why they did it so late. Well, he played on some bad teams, really bad teams. That's why, <laughs> like really bad teams. Well, because yeah, he, he started in 2003. I don't disagree with that. Uh, and that's when, when, when Bill Bart Parcells well, was there. Well, his first year starting was in 03. It was 06. It was 06, right. But yeah. he got there in 03. It yeah, started yeah. in 06. Yeah. Uh, and that's when Parcells left, and they got really bad uh, before Jason yeah. Garrett came in. All right, good stuff right there with Rod and uh, Jason – excuse me, Jason. Rome, Tony Romo. Coming up, Rod, uh, Chris Level. Chris Level, Red Raider publisher of Red Sir. Raider Sports. All things Texas Tech and uh, what they're all about. This has been a team that's had three or four different transformations this year of what kind of team they wanted to be, depending on who the quarterback was. We'll try to figure out from Chris what they are right now when they come in here on Friday night at 6 and 5. It's Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Holiday music. Like it. It's for nice. your home or your car or your elevator. <laughs> it's Charlie Brown. Come on. It's like good. Oh, that wow. is Charlie Brown. That's I a little more it. jazzy. I do like me some Charlie Brown. The great I pumpkin do, I waltz. It. It, it, they have new uh, Charlie Browns come out during the holidays on uh, Apple Plus. And I don't know. I sit on and watch them for some reason. It's weird. Never been a big Charlie. I like the music of Charlie Brown, but uh, never a huge, uh, you know, watcher of the of the shows really for whatever reason i don't know and charlie brown was never like i charlie brown was weird because it was only something that i got a chance to consume on holidays sure. i don't remember charlie brown a cartoon like a weekly cartoon no. or anything it was always a holiday thing yeah it was all right uh do we have chris there ty not yet all right let's call chris level we're going to talk to the publisher of red raider sports this yeah, is a busy man. guy man he he's, is working for learfield yeah. he's kind of like the craig way of he does great he does great work though i've been he's awesome yeah i don't He's, been he's not the Texas voice of the, so of the Red Raiders, but he does everything else. He's uh, got a podcast, Locked on Tech. He's got uh, uh, doing stuff for baseball, basketball, football, everything. Uh, and he has uh, a great radio show, too. Here's our guy, Chris Level, yes, talking Red Raiders. And uh, at Chris Level on Twitter, he's the publisher for at Red Raiders Sports. Hello, Chris. Good morning. Gentlemen, how are we doing this morning on this uh, lovely Thanksgiving Eve? Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. We're doing great and uh, getting ready for it. What's your? Uh, I'm sure you're heading down here to Austin for the big game Friday night. How will that impact your uh, Thanksgiving plan? Well, yeah, we won't get a won't get a holiday. I think uh, I've got to be at the football facility tomorrow at about ten thirty or eleven, and uh, I think wheels up. I don't know twelve thirty or one something like that. So that's just part of it, man. Uh, people like sports around the holidays, but uh, those of us that are in it, man, you get to you, you got to. You got to sacrifice a little bit, so uh, no holiday for me. So my family will do without me, but uh, it's part of it. Part of it. Part of it. Hey, how would you describe this team this year? I mean, you, you, you watch them play, and you've seen them up close. 
uh, every game. It's just it's you know changed so much. It's like a chameleon based on quarterbacks and styles and uh, wanted to be one thing but had to shift to another. What do you, what, what, how would you describe this year for Joey McGuire? Yeah, you know, there, there, I mean, as you guys know, there were some uh, expectations uh, for this team. I don't know if anybody expected them to win the league uh, or anything, but I think there was a lot of expectations that they would be a contender for it. And it just, what, you're, you're sitting there at one and three and at three and five at one point and just been in, you know, and, and it's an excuse, yes, but, you know, your, your quarterback issues just – uh, a bit of a nightmare, um, and it's uh, everybody around here knows that all too well. Is I think this is the sixth or seventh year in a row that you've had to start three different quarterbacks in the season. Uh, really, I guess Jeez. maybe since either Pat Mahomes or the year after he left. I mean, you just, it's hard to win that way. <laughs> I mean, it's it just is. Um, but uh, so you know, w- with that aside, though, they they've competed. They they've been in games. They've they've started to, as you guys talked about, kind of changed who they are a little bit and really running the ball and doing some different things, winning games with some defense, uh, specifically red zone defense, and, and been really good on special teams. So it's been kind of, in, in a way, it's been kind of fun as it's gone along to see them kind of change who they are, like you said, and grind away at it. And, you know, you won a game, uh, what, in, in Lawrence when it scoring 16 points. You won a game last week at home scoring 24. I mean, these are, these are just not – point totals that would have won games in a decade plus around here but they're figuring out ways to to do that and still win and so that's kind of that's kind of fun to, to to see but they're playing good right now um their quarterback is you know baron morton starting to feel a bit better and he's still dinged up so that's been part of uh, part of their issue too i'm sure kind of like uh, Quinn Ewers is still battling back from that ac joint issue Hey, Chris, let's talk about Taj Brooks because I think another one of the uh, added benefits of going more uh, run heavy uh, is that Taj Brooks is a very special player, uh, one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, talk about his ascent and talk about how they utilize and weaponize him. What are the favorite, what are the favorite run concepts uh, with Taj Brooks? You know, I, I think everybody thought he would have a good year around here, but I don't think anybody was expecting this because I just don't think – I thought you'd, you'd, you'd maybe lean to more f- throwing it as much as you'd ran it. Uh, but they quickly found out that this O-line uh, with a lot of new pieces on it and also been kind of a balance of injuries was just better at run blocking and, and kind of get, getting him going downhill and, and changing and running some gap schemes and things like that. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, the, the, the one knock on Taj is that he doesn't have like this breakaway speed. That's the one criticism you can offer up. Other than that, he's good at everything that, that you ask a running back to do. Um, he breaks tackles. He doesn't take negative plays. Uh, he, he's amazing in pass pro um, and all, all those kinds of things that they ask a, a running back to do. He's been very durable. Um, if anything, they were criticized for not handing it to him enough early on in the season as they were trying to figure out this is what they were good at. And it's just been fun to watch him. He's a lunch pail guy. You know, I mean, he's just one of those guys that's a really, really good college player and probably has played his way into the next level um, and, and is going to get a chance. Um, and, and he's kind of been an identity of sorts. I don't know if you're going to have much luck with that Friday night, but I think that that's why you're going to have to throw the ball. But he's been – He's been kind of, in a way, the face of your program uh, as you kind of got things turned around. 
Yeah, you just said it. I mean, Texas is uh, – you're, you're kind of you know, banging your head against the wall trying to run against Texas. Pretty much everybody held Iowa State to nine rushing yards last week with their big guys up front. Uh, but Baron Morton has – you know, since he's gotten back and, and healthy, he's he's good with the quick passing game and uh, those in-breaking routes and those plays have, have given Texas defense trouble. Do you expect to see maybe more of that this week with uh, some quick passes to try to set up some run plays for, for Sodge Brooks down the road? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I, – I, I think uh, yeah, you know, you know Barron is a very talented player. He's been dealing with, uh, you know, shoulder issues since he – initially came in at the game in West Virginia, which is we're going on five or six weeks. There's been some weeks where he just does not practice at all. Um, and and I think they've been trying to just keep him fresh. I think some days the arm strength is there. Other days it's just not. If he kind of battles through this. But, yeah, they, they know it. He looked good last week, uh, threw the ball way down the field against uh, Central Florida. And I think, yeah, you're going to have to. Um, and that's obviously, you know, where maybe there's a, a one weakness on paper anyway with, with Texas is being able to throw the ball a little bit. And, and that may be Taj Brooks' best friend is some of that uh, down the field passing game or just getting, getting rid of the ball quick. And, and they, you know, I, I knew you guys used the word weaponized a second ago, but may get Taj Brooks the ball in the passing game some too, just kind of do some different things with him, trying to get him the ball in different ways. Is it, uh, you know, running right up the middle, maybe not be your, your best bet, but I think throwing the ball is what's going to help that the most. And really you have no choice. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go, you know, go beat uh, this team. If you can try, you know, you, you know, you can't be conservative. You're going to take some chances. You're going to have to be aggressive. And, and with that comes throwing the ball down the field a little bit and seeing if you can, uh, uh, get some things going that way and maybe get into your tempo stuff. But, again, all easier said than done. That's a good point there, Chris. Hey, Chris, I want to ask you about the defense because, you know, part of this uh, new philosophy for Tech is a more complimentary brand of football. Uh, and they're playing better defense uh, for Texas Tech. Talk about the defense. What do they do? What's the strengths and the weaknesses of this defense? Yeah, Tim DeRuiter, I mean, he, he's he's been around the state, you know, coached at A&M for several years and uh, obviously came from Oregon. He's a guy that just changes the looks up all the time. Uh, they've got a lot of experience. It's funny. They're, 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 that side of the ball, they've either got a ton of fifth and sixth year seniors or true freshmen. There's not a lot of uh, you know sophomore junior type type guys that are they're playing. It's all either really old and really good college players or brand new kids. Um, some at corner, some at uh, kind of that hybrid position around the line, some at defensive end. Uh, one at safety on occasion, and so it's been kind of fascinating to watch the really old and the really young kind of uh, mesh together. But where they've been, where they weren't very good initially was in the red zone, just trying to keep teams off the scoreboard. And that's really in this three-game winning streak that they're on, that's really where they've been a lot better. It's just keeping teams off the scoreboard uh, once they get to the red zone or holding them to field goals and things like that. And as teams start to go forward on fourth down, they've turned away uh, a few teams and, and stopped some fourth downs. Uh, in the red zone, but that's really where they've they've kind of been better. And again, it, it comes down to takeaways. You know that they were not doing that. Uh, you, you go look at their, let's see, the Kansas State loss, the BYU loss, and the Oregon loss. Three games that you were in a position to win. You led two of those games. You you were leading Oregon and um, and and Kansas State by double digits at, at some points in the second half of those games. But the turnover ratio in th- those three games. You gave it away 11 times and had zero takeaways. And you just, again, you can't win that way. Some of that has to do with QB injuries and what you were having to do. And you had a third-string quarterback playing in Provo on a Saturday night. Not ideal. But the flip side is you you couldn't take it away. And that's 
that compounded the problem, and they've started to mix some of those in. And I think they're they're doing a good job, uh, uh, you know, with some interceptions and, and things like that on the back end with Adrian Taylor Dimerson, who's a really, really good player. And 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 so we'll see if they can, you know, get, get a few of those Friday night. Uh, he is Chris Level, the publisher of Red Ra- at Red Raider Sports. Hey, uh, the health of Jalen Hutchins, I saw him last week kind of go off the field, look like a pretty serious injury. Uh, is he going to be okay in the play? He's such a critical player on that defensive front. They feared that, but it's not, thankfully, uh, okay, good good. for him. It, it was tough to – yeah, tough to – those guys' senior day, and he's meant so much to this program and just kind of a, a face of the program in some ways too of just, uh, you know, been here for five or six years and – elected to come back and try to finish this thing up. And, you know, on the senior day, you don't see a guy go down ever, but especially that day, but he didn't finish the game. I think they feared it, but he was in, he was on the sideline and I, I think he's going to, he, he'll be okay. I don't know if he'll be a hundred percent, but yeah, he, he's going to, I think, give it a go and should be okay to play Friday night. Thankfully, because she, you need all hands on deck here. Yeah, against the seventh-ranked team in the country. Last thing for me, Chris, you mentioned their special teams are real good. We're looking at all phases here. Longhorns have been good there, too. But what have they especially been good for your from your eyes on the specialty units? There's really – I mean, I think they have one of the best punters in the country. Um, their field goal kicker has, has made a ton of pressure kicks lately. It's kind of a fascinating, you know, side note with this particular game is – I know Texas has got some, you know, uh, big-time specialists as well. Their field goal kickers made 14 in a row and really good punter and, uh, and an elite returner. Um, you've returned uh, a kickoff for a touchdown this year. You've had a punt return for a touchdown this year. You block an extra point last week to, to win a game. Um, I just It's been kind of, you know, fun in this new identity of their team, if you will. Um, that's been a phase where they've been better than most teams, and they've won games this way or helped them win games. And, um, I, I'll be interested to see kind of that aspect of this game, you know, Friday night, which I'm guessing a lot of people maybe won't talk about. But that there, there can, there's going to be a play or two in this game from a special team standpoint. And if you get an advantage there, that, that could be the difference. That's good stuff. All right, Chris, appreciate it. That's the full overview we needed right there to, to head into the Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, we appreciate Chris Level at uh, Red Raider Sports, the publisher, of course. Uh, uh, you can find it on uh, and him on Twitter. That's where all the good stuff is, at Chris Level, L-E-V-E-L. Hey, Chris, we appreciate it. We'll check in later uh, down the line here when uh, talk, talk some basketball, some baseball as we get closer to those things too. But thanks for the visit, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and holiday weekend, even though you won't be able to be with your family tomorrow. But uh, we appreciate the conversation. Thanks, Chris. Hey, you bet, fellas. You guys have some turkey and dressing and some good pie uh, for me tomorrow. And uh, keep hope alive. We'll see you this weekend. <laughs> All right, brother. brother. There you go. Take Chris care. Level. Thank you, Chris. Chris Level. He'll uh, be down here. And that's yeah, oh. it's part of the deal. And you talk about uh, the first responders to start the show, Rod, that will be working tomorrow and uh, doing what they do so we can eat turkey. Um, you know, Chris will be heading down here. Got to cover, the, cover sure, the game. I'm sure Joey McGuire and the <laughs> staff will get them some, some food. Oh, no, they'll have some good they'll have a team dinner, turkey right? or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They've got it all there. lined up. Someone here, some yeah. restaurant here is helping the It's always writer. like out of camaraderie or something when you have to be away from uh, your actual immediate family and have to be with your other family, like the team on those days. They always arrange something pretty cool, like some team meal yeah, or something like but, that. And Chris will be invited to that. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. When we do a final What's Poppin'? The uh, holiday weekend, we're coming back. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday What's poppin' on a Wednesday? Hopefully you're ready to 
hit the streets and get where you're going for Thanksgiving. Be careful out there. Traffic will be a mess. Stay away from Stay away. Unless you're buying Bud Light. Unless you're buying Bud Light. Oh, yeah. You can buy that last minute. convenience store, though. You can say you know. You can get that. Be more convenient than that. Yes. Hey, Rod, what's popping? You remember 50 nights ago, we introduced you to 50 nights of football and what's popping? Is it over? It's over. Oh. Tonight is the first night in 50 nights there isn't a football game. It's kind of sad, man, because I know it's, it's, it's coming to an end. We got but two more weeks of, well, really one more week of the regular season, then championship week. And then that's 50 it. nights of football is over. There is no football tonight. It starts tomorrow night with the Egg Bowl and sad, um, Ole Miss, Mississippi. Mm. Um, and, of course, the NFL tomorrow with the triple header with the Cowboys and you know four, three or four really good teams in the NFC. Enjoy your football while you can, but folks. T- but tonight in what's popping, it's going to be hoops. Because you've got that Marquette game with Purdue. That's essentially one versus two because Marquette hammered Kansas last night. So they could ascend to the top spot or one of these teams going to be the number one team next week. Boom shakalaka. Also, Rick Barnes, another former Texas coach, his Tennessee team will play Kansas, who got smacked around by Marquette. Mm-hmm. How about Shaka getting up in Bill Self's grill? What's up? Man, Shaka. We knew, everybody knew Shaka was a good coach. Feisty. Yeah. He just came to t- and say something about Texas. It's just the job is so big. You, you're, you're doing more than just being a head coach at Texas. And sometimes all those other hats, well, and let's that's, be, a, that's a lot. I always that. thought this about Shaka. I always liked Shaka. Uh, he didn't do himself a lot of favors as far as doing things like the media. He wasn't the best with that. But he just didn't feel like he fit here, I don't think. I agree. And, yeah. and he also came at the, when, when – it was the worst leadership time at Texas in a long time. Administration um, was uh, – the BBs were not in the box. Not at all. At every <laughs> level. At every level. A lot of upheaval. Yeah. And, you know, Rick Barnes a very po- – much like Mac Brown. Rick Barnes a very popular coach. And uh, time had come, and he got sour with Steve Patterson, and see you later, and hard, now you're hard, hired by Steve Patterson. Hard to follow a legend in any, any capacity. And let's be fair, Texas fans were mad at the time because of the Mac Brown, Nick yes. Saban thing, the way Mac ended, Rick ended. And so, you know, Charlie Strong was hired. I mean, both of those guys just – Really had a hard time. Uh, he's got a great fit at Marquette. That's where he's from. Mm-hmm. He's from Racine, Wisconsin. He, you know, it's a littler school, smaller yeah. place. He can just coach ball. I think that's what he wants. Yeah, you know? I think that's true. Uh, but good luck to them. That's so you got that tonight. Uh, two good college basketball games, and you have pro basketball. They're taking mm-hmm. center stage tonight. Buck Celtics is a good game. That's a good game. Eastern Conference at six thirty tonight. You got the Rockets playing Memphis. You got the Spurs looking to break a nine-game losing skid. They play the Clippers tonight. Oof. And tie your Mavericks are at the Lakers tonight. Your favorite guy, LeBron James. Hey, LeBron James. Got to stay up late to see it. You can watch it while you're at the, the Deep Eddie Cabaret tonight. Do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night, T.Y.? What are we thinking here? Uh, let's let's not go with tonight. Let's just go with the Cowboys to okay. cover tomorrow. Uh, oh, you're going against the trend then. 1-11 in their last 12. Dak 1-5 against the spread on Thanksgiving. Okay. But uh, Trap Game, baby. They're playing a bad team. It's a division team. Got a zag. Still a a bad team, though. Got a zag when they're zigging. I like that. They're firing their coach. I know. That's been a talk. They will fire him. Thought was they would have if it weren't a short week. (laughs) Exactly. Because they were so bad against the Giants last Uh, week. But I will say Sam Howell is not necessarily a bad Now, I have seen the Washington Commanders. This is why they're going to fire him because they've been so inconsistent. The Commanders almost beat the Eagles twice. I mean, they went to overtime once with, with the Eagles, and they had to come from behind. They had a big lead. So, Sam Howe can th- fling it, and Eric Bieniemy has something, but this Cowboys defense is so good. Uh, also, tonight, if you're a hockey fan, you got Dallas Stars and Vegas Golden Knights, so the defending champs. You got, you got sports tonight. You got sports. You got sports. Just no football. 50 nights of football's over. It's all right. Enjoy while you can. You still got some. Enjoy the football while you can. You and safe to say, there will be a feast of it this weekend. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be Three beautiful. tomorrow, plus oh. the Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, games all day Saturday, Friday, and then the Longhorns. The NFL got a Black Friday game now, too? Jets. 
yeah, Dolphin. We, yeah, hey, we get Zach Wilson again, but actually they benched they Zach benched Wilson, him. so we won't see him. <laughs> they benched him. They're going with Timothy Boyle on my butt. Wow. Man, you got to feel bad. They benched you for Timothy Boyle? <laughs> bad name. Bad name. Oh, man. Rod yeah. B, man, happy Thanksgiving, brother. You too, brother. Enjoy happy the family. We'll see you at Mockingbird Saloon, yes, 4 o'clock on Friday. Come on out. Weather looks great. Come pregame with us at the Mockingbird ahead of Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, if you can't make that, tune in for sure on the Horn app and at 1019 AM 1260. Hornfm.com. Tune in to get you ready for that game at your tailgate or wherever you are. Safe travels, everybody. Ty, everyone, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you happy missed Chris Level guys. today, Nick Shuley with the Setlist ATX. Also, Jerry Hamilton breaking it down. All of that content podcast at hornfm.com. Happy holidays, Rob. Happy holidays, brother. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.